Welcome back to the Ultimate Fan Fix podcast in association with Ultimate Fan, the next level fantasy football game. Please note that general terms and game rules apply, 18 plus only. My name is Reese Charlton, also known as UF Reese, and I'm the host of the Ultimate Fan Fix, which aims to help the UF community create their best possible lineups ahead of each game week. Now, as we said yesterday, we do have a UF special today. So I've got UF Max in the studio with me, as uh, hotly requested by the Discord community. And yeah, we're going to discuss all things Ultimate Fan today. So first off, Max, how are you doing today? All good? I'm good, thank you. Glad to be back. It's been been a while, hasn't it? It's been a couple of months. Two, three months on the sidelines, he's back in. I think it's October. I think it was definitely a, before a World Cup thing before the last time we had you in. But yeah, it's been a it's been a while. And I mean, without any Premier League action this week, I thought, why not? Let's get him back in. Let's see what we can talk about and find we can do it. So, so just just to clarify, you've brought me back in because there isn't any Premier League football to talk about. <laughs> I've got nothing to talk about, and you're pretty good at, at, at bringing it all up. So yeah, we're, we're going down that route. <laughs> Um, right, so obviously we've got a bit of a schedule today. So I, I hope you've done your homework, Max. I hope you had yeah, a look indeed. through. So the first, the first bit of the show, I thought we'd have a look back at the mid-season. We've hit that mid-season point. We've gone past game week 19. We've hit that middle point. I thought we'd do like a, a mid-season awards, but a bit more opinionated more than stats. So there's six awards up for grabs. I'd say you don't want the last one looking at the list. The last one is 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 an awful award. You don't want that. But we'll start with the first one, and, and that's the best defender card. So in terms of ultimate fan, who do you feel has been the best defender card in the game this year? Um, can I firstly say I'm disappointed there's not a jingle or something for the, <laughs> for the mid-season awards, and for the end-of-season awards, I expect a jingle. Uh, best defender card, I have gone with someone that, um, and for the listener's benefit, we have not done any conferring. I have no idea who you've picked. You have no idea who I've picked. Um, but I think we'll have probably gone for the same player here, and it's someone that you've banged on about before, mm-hmm. and uh, that is Pascal Strauch. Love that. Have you gone for Pascal Strauch? I haven't, but ah, I'll come Strauch. to a reason a bit later on why. Okay. Um, but Pascal Strauch, yeah, he's... If it wasn't for this guy, he would be top of the top, by, without doubt. Literally the guy that goes in my team every week. Well, I, I, I went I with Pascal Strauch, and um, I think it, the stats speak for themselves. He's third or fourth on the list. I can't, I can't recall. Um but he has been, um, he's just been an absolute points merchant in a team that haven't really kept a lot of clean sheets or haven't really been that impressive at the back. Um, and and therefore, I think he deserves the, the the title. You can always give it to the top. You can say that Kieran Trippi has been phenomenal, and he has, um, and I can see why he would get it. But I am going to be a bit more rogue and giving it to Pascal Strauch with an honourable mention for Timothy Castagna, who I feel has been superb in what has been a pretty ropey backline. Um again a bit of a points merchant. So Yeah, I do like Castagna. He's actually going when when Leicester actually don't play a top six side, I actually quite like putting him into my team just purely because he does a lot of running. You can mm-hmm. see him up and down that line all game. He's got assists in his back pocket. And he doesn't keep clean sheets. If Leicester kept more clean sheets, he'd be up there with, with this lot. I he'd think, be top. And <laughs> That's the thing that lets them down with Leicester. It's the same with Strauch. He would be clear if Leeds kept more clean sheet, which is why 
Uh, the man I've picked is on this list. I've I gone with Creek. I went the simple route. I went with Kieran Trippier. Um, he picks up points in all categories. Uh, 12 clean, clean sheets have helped him bump that tally up without doubt. But the only reason that I selected him is when you look at the rest of the, the, the Newcastle defenders, he's quite clear of them as well. You've got Shah, who's on 70 points. You've got Byrne, who's on 57. You've got Butman, who's on 54. Kieran Trippier is on 93 points. He's, he's showing that those assists and those goals, well, the goal that he's chipped in with uh, has made a difference in, in, in that line, which is why I picked Kieran Trippier. But I honestly, if I had my tackle points mean everything head on, then it would have been shrouded by an absolute mile. But I thought I'd go a little bit simple. I went with Kieran Trippier. Right, best midfielder. Uh, I don't like this guy, but I feel like he he's earned it. Mm. Miguel Almiron. Yeah, I can't argue with that at all. Um, yes, you can, you've got your KDBs and your Sackers and your Erdegaards and those wonderfully gifted players. Miguel Almiron just looks like he's tried so hard this season and he had his, he had his purple patch. Um, I don't, I'm 99% sure we won't see the rest of the rest of the, the similar for the rest of the season. Um, but given it's the mid-season awards, the first half of the season, he has been electrifying in a, in a very wonderful Newcastle side. And maybe that's why I didn't pick Trippier for the defender, but um, because I'd picked a Newcastle midfielder. <laughs> uh, but my vote goes to, to Almiron. And, and in the um, following on from my first award, honourable mentions as well, uh, to the CDM contingent, which don't get a look in in fantasy sports, but mm. Polinia, Bentoncourt, mm. Hoiberg... McAllister and probably now Casemiro. It's just wonderful to see them scoring lots of points mm-hmm. in, in a fantasy game. Um, but Miguel Almiron, th- this award is for you and Jack Grealish can shove it. <laughs> I reckon he's got that quote painted on his bedroom wall. He wakes <laughs> up every morning and he sees that Jack Grealish quote and, and that's what brings the best out of him. Uh, he's made Jack Grealish look an absolute mug this year and I'm all for it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I went simple again. I went with Martin Odegaard just purely because of the volume of the play. He is, I think for like the first eight game weeks, he was the most captain card in the game. He's a popular card. I just think he's massively, massively underrated in the Premier League. The, the amount You talk at that great Arsenal side and you don't hear Odegaard's name mentioned enough. Real Madrid saw it. You would not buy a 15, 16-year-old kid if you didn't think he was going to be good. And he's obviously had his blips over the years. He's not been able to perform. But he's finally come into a team where he looks fantastic. He looks top draw for Arsenal. He's got goals and assists all over the place. He has plenty of shots and targets. Even for an attacking player, he's got a fair amount of tackles under his belt already. Um, the only problem with it is he used to be affordable. When he looked at the first 10 game weeks of the year and he was affordable, now he's just under 2,000 UF coins. You're going to need a, a fair amount of uh, streak rewards and snatching some points off poker tonight for, for <laughs> Max to, to get that. But I think the only problem is you look at how many are left in packs. And that's something we don't normally reveal, but there's only 39 left in packs of Odegaard. So there are limited of him left. He's yeah, he's been a great player this year. 127 UF points. He's the highest scoring midfielder, which I didn't know that. I thought I thought it was somebody else, and I think we all knew who we thought that was. I thought it was going to be Kevin De Bruyne, but it shows you that more because obviously De Bruyne has a lot more assists than goals. Uh, Odegaard has more of a mix of goals and assists, and he's higher. It just shows that maybe having eight goals and six assists compared to three goals and thirteen assists does make a difference. So Odegaard, I think he takes it for me there. 
Uh, forward card, I know what you've put. I don't think you'll like what I've put, but I know what you've put. But I don't think th- I don't think there's any discussion here who the best <laughs> forward is. Erling Haaland, you have been exceptional. You have um you have been the player that we that we wanted in the Premier League. He's been uh, he's just sublime to watch. He is he's I, I quite I know a lot of people don't like City and um, for various reasons. Um but I, I've always liked City. I like teams that play nice football and I've they've been long crying out for a, a goal scorer and he just looks so good. That hat-trick at the weekend, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he, he went like two games without scoring and everyone went, oh, is it the end of Erling Haaland? He went two games without scoring. <laughs> <laughs> most most Premier League footballers go two games without scoring. That's the, that's the benchmark he has created for him, not just himself, but... But the rest of the league, uh, look at Darwin Nunes, who I think is an exceptional talent. And people think he's, he's I, truly I can't awful. Stand it. I <laughs> genuinely cannot stand it. Oh, he's awful. He's not, because Haaland has come in and done so well. Like, don't get me wrong. It, it completely, but, and I'll go on to this point after with my forward, but it completely baffles the life out of me that all these other strikers are getting slandered. In a normal season, some of the tallies that have been drawn up, oh, that's a respectable start. This, that, never, because it's not at Haaland's standard, everybody's tearing them apart. It's like, mate, you could not score 25 goals <laughs> in a half season, let alone in 10 years. So it's phenomenal. I can't stand it. I like Darwin Nunes. I've liked Darwin Nunes the moment since he joined Liverpool. I liked him when he was at Benfica. He was phenomenal in the Champions League last year. And the amount of hate he gets is phenomenal. Absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. I agree with you on that one. Um, obviously, Haaland's yours. I've gone with Harry Kane, but I want you to listen out to this, right? We know Haaland has been good, but there's been spouts throughout the season where, I'm not saying two or three games without scoring is bad, but there's been spouts where he'd like five points here, two points there, three points here. The one thing I've got with Harry Kane is he's severely consistent. He won't go and score you 25 points a week, but he's always double figures without fail. And... I know he's significantly amount of points off of Haaland. He's, he's something like 90 points off him or something like that. But he's been steady. If you want that player to get you 10 points every week, Harry Kane has been that player. He's picked up points every single week. You've got to remember that Haaland is a freak of nature. In, in, a, normal, in, in a normal Premier League season, Harry Kane's total would be absolutely praised for the life of it, out of it. He would have been praised for his target he's brought up. I think it's harsh that Kane, because he's so consistent, is normally just like, well, it's just Kane, isn't it? And and Haaland's come in and smashed that apart. I, I think Kane for me is 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 the I, the war the I know there are awards for the best forward. I'm probably going to say the most consistent card is e- easily the fairest award for him going. Uh, Haaland is sometimes while he comes in and he bangs a forty point game week. There have been the odd week where there's been two or three or four points, and Kane just doesn't do that very often. Which is why I've gone with Kane. I'm not saying I dislike Haaland. If I had a Haaland in my in my ultimate fan squad, he would be playing every week. But I so would Harry Kane. So yeah, I think that was an easy answer. I should have just picked Haaland instead <laughs> of debating it all. But we'll we'll go on with that. Most overrated card. This could be interesting. Most overrated card in ultimate fan so far this year. I struggled a bit with this. Um, I, the, the players I sort of picked out as I thought were overrated, they weren't that overrated. And I think that actually both the market that... Um, I, think that I think players, UF players, 
have got the market quite right. Mm-hmm. And when you look at how much a player is going for versus the sort of points they attract versus how their their run coming up or, or whatnot, they're generally quite spot on. I think we've got a well-educated set of players mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. on the whole. Um the one I picked out and it's tentative and I'd be ha- you know what I'm not on the fence I could be argued back from him is Gabriel Martinelli I like I like Martinelli as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's a silver which which helps in, in selecting him for your lineup but I think people expect big things of him and he kind of, he puts in some good performances. He has got a game where he'll score and assist and other than that, he'll get three, four points. I just, I feel like people have a higher expectation of him than he, than he puts Mm in. Mm -hmm. And because he's a forward, I'm all, I always think. Yeah, that never helps. If if he was a midfielder, there's probably more of a case for him being in your team, but You've got to remember that after three three game weeks, he was the highest scoring card in one of the highest scoring cards in a game, and now he's nowhere near it. People are still picking him based on that, and mm-hmm. I, I looked at um, since since the World Cup break. So what we've had seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, five, five game, game weeks. weeks yeah, yeah, he is still in the top five, six, seven pick cards every single week, and I always think I feel like people are wasting a the spot there. Um, and I, I'm not. I don't see him losing his place to Trossard in the in the team, it like immediately. But if it carries on like this, I could see him getting a lot of rotation, and therefore he is a bit of an overrated card for me. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that at all. Like, I do think that people are still living on that introductory week because he's he's. I do remember the stat. I remember pointing out on social media that his percentage of selection shot up within I think it was by like six, seven percent within two weeks just because of those two game weeks. And it stayed around the same mark for a couple of weeks until he uh, he fell out of form again. But yeah, I'd completely agree with that. I can't argue with that in the slightest. I've gone a little bit more bold. I won't say bold, but it it, it could definitely be open up to some criticism and, and I've gone with Phil Foden. I have no idea why he's so popular when you look at how many blank game weeks he's had in Ultimate Fan this year. And you so the total he's got over all the contests that we've run is 116 points. You take away his Champions League points, that's down to 100. He's only scored two points since game week 17. I'm sure there was a run before the World Cup where he only scored like two points as well. He's, he's, he's carrying a knock. He might not play. I think that's why he didn't play last week. He's carrying a knock. So we can give him a benefit of the doubt there. But when you look at the Premier League points that he scored, Madison has scored two more UF points. And I'm sure he's been out for quite a while with an injury. you got Harvey Barnes, who's on one less point. I'm sure he missed time for injury. And you got Bruno Fernandes, who's on three points less. I don't understand for the life of me why people are paying 600 UF coins for him. Starting him. And he's always in the top 10 midfielder started just because of the name. We're getting to that point again. Mm-hmm. It's like that player is selected just purely because of his name. People not looking at, oh, well, he's done nothing in recent time. They're selecting him by name. He's a talent. Yes, I agree. He's one of the, you know, he's England's future. He's superb in an England shirt. He plays well for Man City when he gets to start, but he's a serious victim of Pep Roulette. He never gets a full run in a team. He's very injury prone for his age. He seems to carry knocks all the time. I don't understand the hype. I don't understand the UF hype anyway. Not the player hype, the UF hype. Why he's selected every week. It baffles me. And the price that you have to pay to get him in your team anyway, 
you could buy three starting players that get a decent score every other week. I can't name the players off the top of my head, but there's some players that easily hovering between the 150 to 250 mark. There's so much more value to put in your team than Phil Foden. I just don't get it. He's the most overrated player for me this year anyway. Totally agree. I think the interesting one for, with Phil Foden is I'd want to own him in my squad just because of those game weeks where... Um, Man City are playing first mm. and you get the chance to see their lineup <laughs> because if he's playing and starting I want him and if he's not which is feels like six seven times out of ten mm-hmm. I don't want to go I don't want to go near with a barge yep. pole and, yeah, that, and, and that's that. that's yeah, yeah pretty much it with I Phil think that's Roden. a fair point if, he, if you know that he's going to start if he's on that Friday night game Man City are on you know he's going to start and Whack him in. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But a lot of the time, he doesn't get the start, which is why it's always a concern for me. Uh, most underrated card. Uh, you've actually mentioned him in your little spiel then about Phil Foden. Um, my most underrated card is Harvey Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, Leicester started terribly, as we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Re- relegation fodder for 12 weeks. I'll take it. It's and good not anymore. <laughs> um, well, actually, they're slipping back. <laughs> they are slipping back quickly. However, um, he... Harvey Barnes is a as a fancy asset. He's a midfielder in the game. He's playing as essentially a forward. Um, they kind of lopside it, especially when Madison plays. He plays a bit further back, so he gets a lot of the big chances. He plays ninety minutes. He is all action. Um, and since Leicester started picking up results, he's been the one picking up points. I think you mentioned it. Then he's got one point less than Phil Foden, something like ninety seven or ninety eight or whatever. Um, and he's on the market for about 120, mm. 130 coins mm. um, because no one ever mentions him. I, like the Castagna thing, and I totally agree, if he's playing a big six side, I, I wouldn't go near him. But if he's playing anyone around them, beneath them, or at home to a mid-table slash... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they played Brighton at the weekend and he scored, did he, in the 2 all? I fairly did, yeah. He was definitely um, involved in a goal, I'm sure he was. And that goes to show that they play good teams, and he still gets involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Harvey Barnes. I've always, I, I've seen him, I've seen him play live a couple of times, and I've always thought he's he's, he's very, um, he's very much cut out for the Premier League. He looks like a Premier League player, um, and I, I think that people are sleeping on him a bit. So he's my underrated card for. Yeah, he's he scored nearly the same amount of points as Madison. Yet Madison yeah. is nearly three or four times the price, which. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're getting your value, you know Harvey Barnes is a value. He's he's lethal on that on that wing. He's absolutely lethal. And you never know week to week if James Madison's fit, That's playing, he starting. So, so many knocks. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Harvey Barnes has had his fair share of injury woes as it is, but I think the funny thing with Madison is there's a lot of inconsistency when he's fit. Like he could be fit one week, but then he's got another knock and he misses another week, and he's just not worth the value in coins. He'll get you the points. He'll have big weeks, but it's same with like Foden. He'll have big weeks. But then he could go missing for about four or five, and that's what could cost you, you know, the, the difference between getting in the money spots and not. If you've got him on an inconsistent week, and everybody else has picked someone else, so mm-hmm. um, mine uh, you mentioned earlier is Joao Polinia. It just tackle points for days. It's a guaranteed three points every week. The way I've worked it out, it's a guaranteed three points every week. Fifty six points in in the first. 19, 20 game which, and you got to remember he was suspended as well at some point because he had so he'd, this is the one beauty of this game where you don't get penalised for yellow cards if we did get it then he'd be he'd probably lose about 20 of those points straight away he gets a yellow card every week 
Yeah, I, I, it, the, the thing is, the funny thing with his scoring record, he's only had six shots on target all year. <laughs> he takes he a scored, lot of shots. <laughs> he's had six shots on target all year. And he scored three of them. So 50% conversion rate with a CDM, with more than five on shots on target, is not terrible. I'm all right with that. I don't mind having that risk because if he gets a goal and he's got, I don't know, six tackles under his belt, that's a 15-point game week before you've even before you've even got the rest of it because he could just put a nice through ball in and pick up four points for an assist. We don't know. I think he's majorly, majorly underrated in this game. I think we've, you brought it up with the CDMs. The CDMs are majorly, majorly underrated in this game. Casemiro uh, is the, probably the biggest example. Well, it's, it's funny. I think that I think people have got wise to it a bit more Definitely this season, but as the season has gone on, um, I saw Casemiro earlier, and Man United have got a double game week coming up, providing both them and Leeds draw uh, don't draw in the FA Cup. Um, and as a result, Casemiro's price is like one and a half thousand coins or whatever at the moment. You think for a CDM, one and a half thousand coins, that's a bit insane. But mm-hmm. then actually, they can pick up some points and he does a week like Jao Palinha's had many of I mean Casemiro scored and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said the same about Benton Kerr Hoiberg and that Spurs team McAllister uh, and Caicedo in that in that Brighton team that mm-hmm. the right CDMs who get forward and are allowed to get forward in their role God, they can they can pick up some points yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. The, the CDMs are massively underrated in this game. I, I completely agree with, with, with what you've said there. Right, last award, uh, the UF bum. So we want the major underperformer in the, in the game for you this year. Raheem Sterling. Mm. I had high hopes for you. High, high hopes. I really thought this Chelsea move could unlock you. I really thought that you'd get the minutes that you deserved that you didn't get under Pep. And you just haven't done it. No. And... Uh, I feel um, I f- I f- you can probably sense in my tone. I feel somewhat disappointed for him and mm. not um, not. I, I, d- I don't know. I, I think that um, I think that when he played for City, he showed so much. And I thought, given the chance to un- unleash that, like he did at Liverpool, to be fair. Yeah, that's the beginning of Liverpool. There was some real excitement. And he was, you could see him. he was getting the time. Mm. Um, he was either scoring or assisting with uh, the team with Suarez. And yeah, because he, wasn't he part of that title? Yeah. Well, not Charge. title. title <laughs> close title team, we'll put it that way. And I thought we'd see that Sterling, but even more experience. So I really mm. thought he'd kick him. I thought he'd kick on himself and he bring Chelsea's scoring standards up and he just hasn't mm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. therefore he's been a bit of a, he has he has just sort of bombed out I think he's got 79 points or something which yeah it's not a fat lot at all I remember seeing it and thinking oh, that's even more than I thought I really thought you'd done even worse mm. but it, it, it's pretty poor and if you own one you're probably sat there going god that was a waste of coins yeah I think I, I I thought I was tossing up between Sterling. I looked at Sterling and then I saw another card where I was like, oh my God, compared to last year, he's completely fell off the radar. He did score 18 points this week. He's probably done himself a little bit of redemption since that. Um, but I gone with Jared Bowen. Yes. Purely because yeah. last year, I could tell you his total off his head last year, off my top of my head last year, because this kid was phenomenal in, in the 21-22 season in, in Ultimate Fan. He picked up 225 points last year. He was always, always in the top 20 players. He just always seemed to chip away with points. This year, including that 18 points, he's on 63 points. 
Has he been playing? <laughs> <laughs> but from what I've looked at, yes, yes, I'm sure because I'm sure I tipped him up about yeah, during the has. World Cup. He, I tipped him up during the World has. Cup to pick him up at forty because he was forty coins at one point. He was at base rate sale. I was like, pick him up because he might start scoring again. It's took a bit longer than I hoped, but he did get a good brace this week. He's just faded away for large chunks of the season. I think it could have been worse if he didn't score twice this weekend. That seems to have made a little bit of a redemption arc and maybe we could get some form out of him. But for anything before that, he's been abysmal all year. He's just been so slow with the start and... Yeah, he's not been at the standard he was last year. He was so exciting last year and you thought there could be more to come from it. And just first half of the season, he just... Compl- I mean, West Ham haven't been great anyway, but he just completely faded away. So hopefully we'll see a little bit more of him in the second half of the season. Right, it's the end of the awards. So we'll talk about uh, the upcoming game week that we we haven't... I don't think we've officially now announced it, have we? We've just kind of gone, we're going to do it. Uh, and that is the Champions League... Mm-hmm. Uh, we're bringing the Champions League game beats back in, obviously, February when the, the last 16's on. I know we're looking a little bit too ahead to the future at the moment. I mean, we've still got three weeks until until the, the first round of games. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are there any players that are in the game that you feel at the moment, oh, I've got to start in for the for the first week of the last 16 contest? Or or actually, any of the contests. Is there a player at the moment where you go, I've got to get that guy while he's on the cheap, on the market, got to get him. Um, not not one specifically, but um, I'd be um, I'd be scouting around the market, looking for, waiting for um, any AC Milan or Dortmund players. I think they both win their home ties against Spurs and Chelsea, respectively, in the first game week. And I think they both qualify even with their away ties. Um, and given that it, there's a bit of an English bias and people will think that Chelsea and Spurs can do the business, I think they'll be cheaper than they should be. Um, not That's not to say you'll be easily getting your hands on a Jude Bellingham because there aren't many and the people <laughs> who own them demand about 20,000 coins. <laughs> but um, Dortmund played this weekend and scored four goals also conceded three, um, but free scoring Dortmund with Adiemi starting, um, Brandt started, Guerrero started, all the players that w- that we have there uh, in the game, and I'd want to I'd want to pick up maybe now before the hype in the week before mm-hmm. and the same same with Milan whoever um, uh, whoever you can get a good deal on I would be pressing for I think they'll be good investments. Mm. See, you've read my mind with picking up team cards for a cheap rate, but I've gone the opposite direction, so apparently I must be on the hype train. Um, the Spurs team card at the moment is 70 UF coins. There's a reason for that. Yes. They're I, not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Even that Fulham game, they, I, I, they should have got battered. I, I feel that Milan team's beatable. I, I think that Milan team is beatable. I'm not saying Spurs are the best team in the competition. They're not, but I feel over two legs that Milan team is beatable. Spurs are 70 UF coins. I feel you pick them up at 70 UF coins. Their price will double before the Champions League games are even gone because people are going to want the team cards. Of the 14 team cards that are available, there's only four, is it four gold Premier League cards that are in it? Mm-hmm. They're the most easy to attain. And people will go, I can't get the other ones. 
So I'm going to go for the Spurs ones. I feel the Spurs ones will climb price because people will just go, well, I can find that easily. Like it's it's as simple as that. It's I can find these Premier League ones easily. You're chasing the coins. Mm. Uh, oh no, I, I and still I'm chasing the the prizes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you I, can I, you I, can I, trade <laughs> your Spurs cards all you want, but I'll find the ones with the points mm. and let you know how that's getting on. The player card I've got is Victor Oshiman of of Napoli. Yeah, um, he scored 13 goals and four assists in 15 Serie A games this year, which is insane. When he's missed the amount of time he missed, I think he missed five or six games of injury. There's a bit of a worry I hear that that he might he's attracted an awful lot of interest. Mm. Um, him and and I'm not you know what I'm just gonna say that that Georgian midfielder. The, oh the, yeah, the, oh. <laughs> I'm not even I'm I, not even gonna try. It's just we'll just go with two Ks. It's, yeah, it's KK. There's a there's a lot going on in his name, um, <laughs> and there's a, there's, a, there's a growing fear with the club that they've attracted an awful lot of interest, and now might be the time to mm. cash in. So, mm-hmm. but. Absolutely, I can see why, why, why you'd want, why you'd want him. He's, he knows where the back of the net is. The, the team they play is Frankfurt, which is why this is why it's interested me so much. That in in their last twelve competitive games, this includes uh, DFB Pokal, is it called? Um, Coppa Italia. Yeah, yeah. No, no, uh, no. I'm talking Frankfurt. Oh, I think yeah. you're talking about no, no, the, 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 Ge- the German Cup, basically the German FA Cup. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's the other competition? Oh, in the Champions League. In their last 12 competitive games, they've only kept two clean sheets. It's a field day for Usherman. If he's still there, let's bear in mind he's still there. It is a field day for Usherman if he's still there. I can't exactly remember how many cards we had of him, but I don't think it was many. They're limited anyway, so yeah. yeah. If, any any of the European cards, you mm. get hold of them, you you keep hold of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got a Mario Goethe who I should probably be shipping on now based on that, but um, I didn't realise just how bad Frankfurt were. <laughs> um, yeah, they're not bad. They just concede too much, so that's a problem. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If you were a team like Frankfurt in the Champions League, you would throw the league mm-hmm. to try and get a quarterfinal uh, I don't know Real Madrid. Yeah, try and beat. Exactly, yeah, true. I mean Napoli. They're the probably. You look at the teams that are in form in the Champions League. That was probably the worst draw you could have got. Um, yeah, I think I think the, the Oshiman's not a bad pick there. Premier League transfers. Now I know we're going to get a, a lot of mentions about. Are we going to do a series three? I mean, we obviously can't confirm or deny that, but I'm going to assume that. We can definitely look at players that will come into the game a bit later on in the year if we do do it. Mm-hmm. Are there any signings at the moment that aren't in the game that have caught your eye coming into the Premier League that you feel, I wouldn't mind him if he was a UF card? Yeah, so I guess all wrapped up into one. Um, the, the, the few that I do like that I would want for a Series 3 or Series 2.5, whatever, whatever it ends up as... Um, Pablo Sarabia and Matthias Cunha, I think Wolves have got some talent going forward and I think Lopetegui will make them a good good team. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen bits and bobs of it. Um, putting aside the City result, I think away at City is just a difficult game. I think we'll see some good things from them and when they start, I think they'll, they'll be nice assets. Um, as I also think another one who will come good, uh, Cody Gakpo, I, I think Liverpool will start getting they will get better and they will start putting in some results and he will be instrumental in that line in the same way that Mane was um, mm-hmm. and he will fill that void. I think we saw enough in the World Cup to suggest he, 
he's he's got he's got the X factor. Um, but actually, to the um, and probably coming off the back of my UF bombing Raheem Sterling, I think just getting hold of either of the Mudrick or Jao Felix cards. It would be priceless. I think they take a position. I think they both start when, um, when, when they're up to speed. Mudrick hadn't played in a while, so that makes sense. But I think he, I, th- I think both of them do start in that front three, and it's quite interchangeable. And I think they'll score a lot of goals. Um, they're exciting talents, and they're both shown in what little Premier League activity we've seen so far that they're good enough um, and strong enough for the Premier League. So. Um, those two cards of people who are already in, actually, I prefer over some of the cards that will come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, I, I, I really like that Mateus Cunha. I've been a big fan of him for a while. I liked it. He was at Leipzig. He went to Hertha Berlin. He's bounced around a bit. I thought his move to Atletico would, would be a bit more fruitful than it was, but it just didn't work out. Unfortunately, Atletico Madrid and strikers just do not mix. Um yeah, I, I think that Cunha, he's, he's a player that is on my radar. I, I do like Cunha. I think the other one is um, Orsic, who's gone to Southampton. <laughs> he's he's a player that really, really piques my interest. He looked great in a Zagreb shirt in the Champions League uh, in the last couple of years. and He's a player that has deserved a move to the Premier League for quite a long time. Just unfortunately, he's gone to Southampton. Um, I feel he could be, in that half a season, he could... It could be exciting. I think he'll be seriously exciting. He's fast. He's 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 quick. He's got some great dribbling ability. He's not scared to have a go. He'll run at players. He he draws fouls. He's just good all over the all over the uh, the final third of the pitch. So I, I really do like Orsic. I feel he could be a gem. I did like Danny Ings going to West Ham until he got injured again. It's just absolutely phenomenal. We'll sign a striker because our striker's injured. And then the guy you sign probably has the worst injury record out of all the strikers in the Premier League and he gets hurt after a week. Uh, I am interested by the Weghorst signing as well. I'm not sure where that's going. And I think it's very hard, harsh to judge him on a couple of appearances. You've got to learn the whole new system. You've got to get used to it. You've got to... I think it's more of a puzzle piece for the time being. He wants... Uh, Ten Hag wants a striker that, you know, feeds the ball, holds the ball up, is an absolute lump, which is what Weghorst is. And if you put him in the 18-yard box, I feel he'd have a, he'd definitely get a few goals to his name. I feel he'll be in a, an interesting card if he does come into the game. I think overall, there's quite a few interesting attacking options. I've not gotten fully into defensive, but attacking-wise, there's definitely some some interesting cards coming into it. Um, I, I like that Orsic I, I wrote him down and then I was kind of like oh, Southampton's not great mm. he's got to prove himself a bit but actually he's been knocking around for years in that um, in that Zagreb team how he's not got a move before I don't know he's 30 years old and he feels like he should be about 23 <laughs> I, was say, um, I would not think he's 30 years old uh, I didn't even check that uh, I'm, uh, I'm shocked it's taken this long to get a move but I do think we will see a, a a quite exciting player for a few months in a Southampton team that kind of had some good fixtures and blew it. And now I don't know where they're, I don't know. I, things look a bit bleak for them. Um, but Orsic could be a nice one. And there are quite often with, with, um, uh, with UF, with, with fantasy football, you get the chance to own a player in a, in a bad team that still picks up points. And I think he could be that player. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately for Che Adams who as people should know we are a big fan of 
Yeah, oh, Chay Adams. <laughs> you can come back home, oh, Chay. Oh, man, well, well he was going to Sheffield Southampton want to give him up for three million quid, then send him our way. I have no qualms with that at all. <laughs> have you been keeping up to date with this Jan, Dan Juama saga? Oh, it's absolutely phenomenal. So Tottenham have announced they've signed him now, but this is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, this is meme-worthy content for the for the ultimate fan social channels. I think if we do bring him into the game, but to go to Everton to do all the media to sign a contract to do all the tweets, I'm going to fight for Everton in this, that, and the other. To then see Frank Lampard go and go, I'm not submitting my FA registration form. Sod that. Go down the road to well, not down the road. Get up the four or five hour. Is it four or five hours to London from Everton? From, He's from getting Liverpool? a flight. It oh, would okay, take two all right. Hours. So we'll go. Yeah, we'll go forty five minutes. Forty five minutes to London. Get off the plane. Go to Tottenham. Sign a new deal. Do your medical and then join them. Is absolutely phenomenal. It's phenomenal. He won't even play that much. At it's, Spurs. it's a bench warmer at, be- at best, isn't it? It's more of a. It's more of. I tell you what. You might get forty five in the Champions League here and there. Um, they're not in it. Are they still in the FA Cup? Spurs? I feel they're still in the FA Cup. Um, I don't think that. I think if they went out, there'd be more of a bigger bigger thing about it. I feel they're still in the FA Cup. Yes, they played Portsmouth, didn't they? They did, and so, they did yeah, win So, too, yeah, they're still in the FA Cup. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one. It's just giving me a bit of Carlos Vinicius vibes. He's just joined and... He might be. He might get more game time. You think he may not? Carlos I, Vinicius pulling out that celebration. Oh, that against Marine. That's that Marine. Marine. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, oh. I've been to that Marine ground. It's one of the weird. I'm not saying non-league grounds are just weird in general, but the stand. There's one stand because that's all they've got space for. It's in the middle of like the row, two rows of houses, so you can barely get down two sides. And then the stand is behind the goal. It goes all the way back and it holds everything. It's got the clubhouse, the changing rooms, uh, like their their executive suite type thing. Everything in this one stand. But it's such a claustrophobic football ground. That's but, non-league. I mean, you could have you could have threw your beer at the Tottenham players if you really got annoyed with them. But yeah, that, I I do love a good non-league ground. I can't lie. But yeah, one of one of the experiences I've, I've been there. But yeah, that whole Dan Juma saga is is phenomenal. I think it's something that. When he does, if we do bring him into the game, then he probably not a hotly requested card. Not like some of the names we've had in recent times. I don't think he'll start. So, right, we'll do an early look. We're not going to go into much depth, but we'll take a quick look at game week twenty-two. Um, I've put all the fixtures on your list, Max. But are there any any early fancies from those teams? Are there, are, are there any players that you think all oh, might have him this week? Well, yeah, it, it, it's a double game week. And I think on a double game week in UF, you absolutely have to target those players with double, two fixtures. Now, we, we won't know until United and Leeds have played their FA Cup games this weekend. Um, so it's difficult because this entirely changes based on them not drawing at the weekend. Um, but I'd absolutely be going for as many United players as possible, mm-hmm. Shaw, Rashford, Martinez, uh, the ones that are playing 180 minutes, Bruno. Um, I think you've got a problem with Martial and the whole Veghorst thing, so I, I'd probably be steering clear. But on the reverse side of that, I really like that Wilfred Nonto, um, and I think that Leeds team will 
I, I, I quite like, I've said it before, I like what Marsh is doing with them. So um, I wouldn't be putting off putting in one or even two of Nonto, Aronson, Rodrigo, mm-hmm. um, anyone who you think is going to get 180 or at least 100 and sort of 60, 155 minutes. Um, but outside of that and looking at the single game week fixtures and what potentially could be all of the fixtures, um, Ivan Tony, I think Brentford at home, against Southampton, who have got a bit of a packed schedule thanks to winning their FA Cup <laughs> games, their League Cup games. It, it is not good for them. Mm. Look at when we went down um, and yeah. we've been oh, no, burned. No, no, so it, we went down yeah. because we tried too much in the League Cup, we won it, and then fell off the edge of a cliff. And if Southampton go down, they will look back and go, getting to that League Cup semi, getting to that FA Cup quarters or fifth round, wherever they end up, Um they'll look back and go, those are games we could have done without. And um, as a result, players like Ivan Tony will be firing home three, four against a slightly weaker, maybe injured, maybe fatigued Southampton team. Um, that's that's the only one. I think they're an interesting set of fixtures and maybe you can make a case for some Brighton players against Bournemouth who have looked pretty bad as well. Um Apart from those, I'd definitely be just trying to get as many double-ups as possible from the United and Leeds contingent. Yeah, I can't argue with a double-up. Uh, Nanto is is a superb player. I put him in... Funnily enough, that bargain bin article I wrote with Nanto in was solid. I wrote it about four weeks ago. I put Nanto and Brennan Johnson in it at 40 QF coins each, and they've both been brilliant since I wrote them in that article. They've both scored and assisted a couple of times. So Nanto's price has absolutely shut up since that. I think it's hovering around the 200 coin mark at the moment. Well, there's not that many of him being yeah, a Series so, 2 player. He's yeah. he's in limited supply. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have one. I have one. Um, oh, and I, um, one. I will absolutely be playing him. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, he is a gem. He's one to look forward to. He looks like uh, Leeds United have absolutely picked up uh, an absolute bargain there when you, when you look at it. took a long time for him to get in the team. But uh, yeah, I'm looking at it. I can see your point about Southampton. It definitely will be fatigued. I think some of the Brentford players might be. Maybe not so much Tony, but I feel like you could probably make a case with Wemo and um, even some of the midfielders. Like They do make a lot of tackles, Brentford do. Like can Matthias you, Jensen. Can makes... you get through a podcast <laughs> without bringing up your favourite I love Brentford. Matthias Jensen. Oh, I haven't said the main guy. I know. I haven't he's said come the main in. guy. He's coming. No, does he even play? I, he, he does. He does. He just, he just hasn't been the player that he was last year, which breaks my heart. But Christian Norgard is not... It's not at the level that he was in Ultimate Fan this year. I don't think he's... His 60 tackles looks a dream this year. He doesn't think... I don't even think he's going to get 30, let alone 60. So, um, I, yeah, Matthias Jensen's my new Brentford love. He seems to make the tackles and has a, few, a couple of goals here and there. So, yeah, I think I think you're right there with, with Southampton. I think... The re, yeah, because when you said about Blues, we got to quarterfinals of the FA Cup. So, if, you know... If, if Southampton find a way of getting past Newcastle, which is very unlikely, and then they, they reach don't. a they reach a quarter final of the FA Cup, then yeah, you really that's an extra eight games, nine games. Like you're not doing yourself any favours at all. No, I, I do agree with that. Um players that I really liked, I did agree with Marcus Rashford. I think Marcus Rashford is is a solid player this week, especially when you look at the opposition. You've got Crystal Palace who can't seem to to keep a clean sheet away from home, and you've got Leeds who just leak goals all over the place. I think I think Kai Havertz wouldn't be a bad pick this week. It'd be so difficult from this far out, maybe two or three days before, but so difficult to to 
second guess who in I think Mason Mount might be the only one where I'd go he'll start mm-hmm. and everyone else in that forward lineup including their right and left back because it could be James and Chilwell who are back in training mm-hmm. I agree with you I'd want a Chelsea player and you can wait right up into the deadline but right now we could name about 34 <laughs> players and we still probably wouldn't get the 11. Uh, uh, the only reason I've gone with Havertz is because we definitely know that Jao Felix will not play. True. So, and even when Felix did play, Havertz still played up front. He was his strike partner up front. Mm-hmm. Obviously a midfielder in a forward spot is always beneficial. He scored 100 UF points this year. I feel that has gone majorly under the radar. But they're like ninth in the league. And at some point, Potter has to go, yeah, you're all right, but... Yeah, I don't think he'll do it until Felix is back. Then he might make a decision. I think too many injuries. I don't think he can pick and choose who he wants. I feel at the moment, Havertz is a solid pick at the moment until he breaks his leg in the FA Cup game this weekend. <laughs> oh, no, they're not even in the FA Cup, are they? They're out. Are and they that, out? That's why, well, even even with this two weeks and one game, I do think that... Mudrick gets up to speed and mm, starts. Mm. I think Mount starts. Yeah, I, I could see that. I they bought that, that. Noni Madjuki. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think I don't think he starts, but I think he starts knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I, I worry I worry for Havertz. I really liked him when he came in, but he just he hasn't. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, I, he's a mid- midfielder though, isn't he? So yeah. if he does start. And he starts up front, it makes an awful it's lot of midf- sense. It's midfielder in a forward. It's like, yeah. I think Daniel Podence is a midfielder in our game. I like Daniel and, Podence. And I, I, yeah, I picked him out for non-gold gems a couple of weeks back and then he scored. And I was like, oh, great. Because he does play up front. He seems to get stuck on the wing or or he play a sec- like a second striker type thing. I don't mind that. I don't mm. mind that at all. I do like Daniel Podence. I think the only thing he's got going against him is he won't header a ball for his life, especially at five foot. Five. I want to say three. He's a very, he's a very, very small guy. <laughs> Maybe he's just stood next to a damage yeah, yeah. too much. <laughs> uh, uh, well, well, thanks for joining us today, Max. Um, we won't leave it three months this time. We will, we will do it a little bit earlier next time. We'll probably. Uh, is there another FA? I don't think is there one more FA Cup weekend. I don't know. No, now we go into blank. So uh, okay. this is when fa- this is I start really enjoying fantasy mm. football from mm. here. Your UFs, your FPLs, your your fan teams, it's just whatever you play until the end of the year. Now, isn't it? And you you've, can't argue with that. you've got to you've got to carefully look at that schedule between the doubles, the blanks. The we had a triple triple last year, um, and it wouldn't it's not beyond the realms of possibility. You, you just you've really got to check out that scheduling and and play it. Play it wisely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be good. We'll, we'll do a, a bit more of a a bit more of a review then. But yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us, Max. We'll get you back on soon. Uh, we've got two more episodes coming up on the Ultimate Fan Fix this week. We've got them out on Thursday and Friday, so make sure to check them out then. But until then, we'll speak to you soon.